We hope you'll enjoy this episode of Women Worth Knowing. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Hello, welcome. This is Robin Jones Gunn. I am here in studio with Cheryl Broderson. And I'm so happy to tell you that Cheryl is going to enlighten us today with a woman that we'll probably come to know as Miss Maddie after she tells us the story. What a woman. We're just so glad that you are listening and your encouragement has us has just what motivated us? What would you say, Cheryl? It just I love it. Inspired, definitely inspired, inspired. us. Mm-hmm. Yes, these women we bring to you are women we feel like we know, and that's why we want you to know them because they are women worth knowing. And we're hoping that you'll feel after we talk to you that you know them, or at least maybe um, spark some curiosity that you want to know them. Yes, and do remember that you can go to our website and the information is given at the end of the podcast because we list all the resources that we use to gather this data. And for those curious to find out more, we've given you the resources. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to talk about Maddie Elmina Perry. And she came up in a previous uh, episode because we were talking about Lillian Trasher. And she's the woman on the train. The mystery woman. The mystery I can't woman. wait to hear about right. her. And she had the Bible in her lap. And yes. she and Lillian struck out a conversation. And she invited Lillian to come work with her at El Hanan Orphanage in Marion, North Carolina. And that's exactly what Lillian Tresher did. But the interesting thing about Maddie Almina Perry was that she was— um, well, she's feisty. She's very, <laughs> very interesting. Um, she was born May 15th, 1868 in Cheohe. I'm probably just butchering that, South Carolina. And she was one of eight children born to Reverend James Perry and Jane Holden Perry. Now, they had been, they were devout Christians, but they had been Baptist and they became Methodists. And later they would become Pentecostals. They were ardent Christians, and they loved to pray and evangelize. Mm. So her father was known as an intercessor. He would meet somebody, and he'd start praying for them until they got saved. And there were some reports that in his lifetime, he brought thousands of people to Christ, which is just stunning. So even though Maddie was born into a Christian home, it was at nine years old that she felt the conviction of the Spirit and felt like she had a personal encounter with Jesus, but she wasn't ready to give him everything. She was only nine, after all. She had her whole life ahead of her. (laughs) But at 12, she gave her heart to the Lord at a Bethel camp meeting. Now, I want to say this about Maddie. She has one book, and it's her autobiography, but you can't get close to it for under $100. I tried everything looking on libraries to get access to it. So most of what I'm saying, um, I found out about her only through studying Lillian Trasher. Mm -hmm. And then I went on the internet, and I read, I think, I think it was six articles, as many articles as I could find on her. So I pieced them all together, and this is kind of piecemeal. But again, at 12, she gave her heart to the Lord at Bethel Camp Meeting. She worked at a place called 12 Mile Campground in Pickens, South Carolina. And what's interesting about this campground is it's just recently, in 2006, been restored to a campground. Oh, holy ground, right? Yes. Before that, um, they had put these dams up and they had put some factories on it. And then in 2006, an act was passed uh, by the people in South Carolina, like we want 
that back. And it's a a nature center now. And it's got a 12-mile river back running through it. So that's where she worked. When she was 16, and this is 1884, she had a crisis. And that was she lost her older sister and younger brother to an illness. What that illness was um, is not said. And I guess in her book, her autobiography, she actually only talks about answered prayer. It's not so much about Maddie as it is all the prayers that she prayed that God answered. So it's actually kind of hard to find information on Maddie Elmina Perry herself. But she did share at one of her sermons that when she was 16 that she had lost her older brother, um, to Ill- her younger brother to illness and her older sister. And so at the time she wondered why them and not me? And she felt that she had an obligation to God to give him absolutely everything. So at that point, she decided she wanted to be a missionary to China. And uh, she started to save money to go to a missionary school. Then when she was 19, she lost her beloved and godly grandmother and then her baby brother. So this time she said, all right, Lord, I'm really giving you everything, whatever, ever you want. Now, she couldn't afford to go to college, um, but she wanted to in order to prepare for the mission field. So she applied anyway to Williamston Female College because the Lord told her, you go and I'll provide. And that's exactly what happened. And she graduated 24 years old in 1892. However, when she was in college, she began to struggle with all sorts of health issues, blindness, neuralgia, and other ailments. But on a visit home, because she thought she was going to have to stay home and quit college, uh, she attended a CMA, Christian Missionary Alliance meeting. That's the denomination started by A.B. Simpson. Mm -hmm. And he was stressing the work of the Holy Spirit, especially in healing. And she was prayed for, and she was healed and went back to college and finished up. Wow. So after graduation, she sought acceptance to missionary training school, but was turned down. Um, She asked the Methodist Church for support because her father had been a Methodist pastor to go as a missionary overseas, and she was again turned down. But she still felt the missionary call so strongly that she began going door to door, sharing the gospel uh, with anyone she could in North and South Carolina. And her favorite thing was to go to the very poorest areas that nobody else wanted to go to. And she did that for six years. That's all she did was door to door. Now, remembering her own healing, she felt the Lord prompt her to start testifying to people about her healing. So she read all she could on healing in the Bible, um, did a whole like study on just the divine healings all throughout the Bible. And then she began to preach it. Many, as she would preach, got saved and healed. Um, After that, Maddie again sought to go to missionary training because she heard that A.B. Simpson had opened a training center in New York City, but it was too expensive. Again, she gave it to the Lord and the Lord told her, you go and I'll supply all your needs. So she went and God indeed supplied her needs. However, when she was at missionary training school, the Lord began to make it clear that Maddie was not called to go to China, but she met a young girl who was called to go to China. And so she pledged from that moment forward to tithe, you know, whatever she made, whatever came in, 
to this missionary in China for the rest of her life until she died. She supported this uh, missionary in China. It's amazing. Isn't that precious? Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we think, oh, you know, I can't go, and so I'm going to do something else. But her heart was still, yeah. if I can't go, at least I can support and pray and help. Well, and that she stuck with it and was faithful Absolutely. to do what she said she was going to do. Whole life. So Maddie began working mainly with the CMA doing tent evangelism, which was very popular at the turn of the century. And at one point, a young boy came forward, and his name was F.F. Bosworth, and he had TB. He was about 9 nine to 12 years old. I heard he, I read he was 9, another one said he was 12, another one said he was 11. So I'm like, okay. So somewhere between <laughs> 9 and boy. 12. Right, and he had TB. He wasn't even expected to live, you know, tuberculosis. Right. He wasn't even supposed to be there. But Maddie prayed for him, and he was instantly healed. Now, the young boy went on to be an evangelist and one of the first radio preachers with Paul Radar, who was also <laughs> one of the very first um, men to preach the gospel. In 1898, at the age of 30, Maddie felt a calling to open a Bible school because she kept seeing these people getting saved, but she said they, they need to be trained. They need to know the word of God. And she had no money. But again, the Lord promised to provide if she would just step out in faith. So she found a 125-room hotel that had never quite been finished it uh, and abandoned. The work in the building had been abandoned. And this was in North Carolina in Marion. And the cost was high, but she prayed and God met her with all the money she needed, not only to finish the build, but to um, actually furnish it and invite Incredible. people in. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And she named this school El Hanan, which means precious gift from God. She began with 19 students her first year, and by the second year, she had 79 students. The third year, Maddie decided she should take in orphans because she kept seeing all these impoverished children without a mother or father. So she started taking in the children. Maddie had been inspired by the story of George Mueller um, to have this orphanage and also inspired to live by faith and just trust the Lord by prayer that he would provide. Well, and here's the thing, Cheryl. This is why we need to tell the story. That's true. Because we keep finding these connections where this person was inspired by someone who came before, who trusted God. That's right. And saw God do amazing things, and they that bolstered their faith to say, "Well, then I'm going to trust God in my life." And that's I I, I love these connections. We, I do too. We both seem to come up with them. Yes, whoever we're looking up, right? And, the, and Jasmine too. There was like, and yes. now you will remember that was so so like because stories, wow. these true stories of women and and men who loved God and had faith and trusted God and entrusted to God, they inspire. Yes. Because you're saying, wait, I don't have any money. I can do that. (laughs) What's a prerequisite? No money, need to depend on God? I can do that. Right. God did that for him or her. Wonder what he'll do for me. Let's find out. That's right. That's exactly it. So um, they often did not have the money they needed, (laughs) often. And as Amy's... uh, Amy Carmichael was famous for saying, God is seldom early, 
but he's never late. Yes. So they learned to start so praying. So she'd bring the whole staff together. And again, the staff is all voluntary. They are all voluntary. They're all living by faith. And they would, many of them were the graduates of the school, but they would pray in the money and the supplies and all that was needed. And that they saw the Lord just faithfully supply, just like he had for George Mueller. So Maddie was a prohibitionist. And a lot of times we hear the word prohibitionist and we're like, oh, those prohibitionists, you know, ruining everybody's fun. But the reason the women were so strong on the cause of prohibition was because these good men, mm-hmm. good men would get drunk mm-hmm. and they would beat their wives or beat their children. You know, you didn't have a police force to uh, protect anyone in those days. It was just developing stuff. And these good men would lose their jobs. These good men would turn to alcohol, and they'd spend all their money on alcohol, and the family would become impoverished. And these women seeing that, in fact, that's one of the reasons Maddie chose not to marry. She was single, and she didn't want to— she didn't want to be distracted from her service to the Lord, and she did not want to um, perhaps marry someone who was a good man who became a bad man from mm-hmm. drinking. So she became a prohibitionist, and she would often go to bars and share the gospel with the patrons and the owners. And then she also held these prayer meetings, um, not only at the school um, but elsewhere in the towns, especially mainly women came, but to shut down the bars. And she was praying it in even more than preaching it in. So you've got like Carrie Nation, these others that mm-hmm. were like, you know, kind of, you know, marching it in. But she decided to pray it in. And it's so interesting because I have an article that dates way back to her time. And it's from Chapel Hill. And it's written by Dr. H. G. Jones for the Associated Press. And the title is Miss Maddie Closed the Bars. (laughs) There were 46 distilleries in McDowell County and three open bars in Marion. And Maddie E. Perry planned to close down every one of them. She and her colleagues marched into the bars and exhorted the drinkers to go home and care for their families. When one bar owner ran rather than face her, his customers became a ready-made audience for a prayer meeting and hymn singing. The Watts Act of 1903 outlawed distilleries outside incorporated towns, and one of the big operators in McDowell announced that his plant would move into the town and obtain the water via artesian well. Miss Maddie and her faculty and students went into a long session with the Lord, and when it was over, she confidently announced that the man would never find an artesian well in Marion. He did not. Miss Maddie. Miss Maddie. And it said, Miss Maddie had that sort of relationship with the Lord. She spent long hours in meditation. And once she learned what she thought was the divine will of God, there was no stopping her. Mm. And that's that's what you find. I love this too. Um, When she got into what appeared to be an impossible situation, she calmly reminded the Lord that it was his idea, so it was up to him to make a way for her. Don't you just <laughs> love that? Yes. And they said that she had an uncanny ability to get things done. So um, Marion County became one of the first alcohol-free counties even before 
prohibition. Really? Mm -hmm. Through her influence, through her prayer, through her work. By this time, there are 140 orphans at El Hanan, and she decided to open a post office, but she had to get official permission from the legislature because they told her, no, you can't, you're, you know, how are you going to do this? So Maddie went to the legislation in, uh, you know, the government in North Carolina, and she petitioned, and they gave her an audience, and she told them all about the work she was doing in Marion and how she bought this hotel and how there were, you know, Bible college students and there were orphans there. And not only did they allow her to open a post office, but they decided to give her, donate to the orphanage and to the Bible college $1,000 a month. That was a huge Whoa, amount in those yes. days. Now, what year is this? This year? The late 1800s, not the turn of the century yet. Mm-hmm. No, this is like, this is the... This is early 1900. So this oh, would is. be like 1903, 1904, about the same time that she's closing the bars down. Yeah. So she served at El Hanan for 14 tireless years. In fact, at one point, her health began to fail for a second time when she was in her 40s and she was confined to a wheelchair. Do you think that stopped her? Oh, no. Not Miss Maddie. Absolutely not Miss Maddie. <laughs> not our no. Miss Maddie, girl. <laughs> she continued She's to just unstoppable. wheel that chair wherever she needed to do. And what she would do is she would pray for the students. So she kind of turned her ministry into a counseling and prayer ministry um, while she was confined. But crazy enough, um, she was prayed for, and God again divinely healed her. And she said when she was 50, that she felt better than she'd ever felt in her entire life, had more energy than she had ever, ever had in her entire life. It's amazing. Is that crazy? So after 25 years of running the school and orphanage, Maddie started a Bible correspondence course. Um, She was also ordained as a pastor by the South Florida Union Pentecostal Association, you know, those Florida churches have the longest names, especially the Pentecostal ones, in 1922, and she's 54 years old. And this is when she starts the Bible correspondence, and she wrote all the curriculum for the Bible correspondence course. But she felt like there's so many people, I'm only reaching these people in Marion, and there are people all over. In 1927, one of the buildings at El Hanan Orphanage burned down, and Maddie felt the Lord prompting her that it was time to close the school and find the orphans all a home. And she was able to place every single orphan in a home before she closed the school down. In 1928, you're going to like this, she went to Israel. Again, the Lord provided the funds. She prayed and felt the Lord was calling her to Israel. So she went to Israel, and on her way, she stopped in Egypt. And do you know where she went? (laughs) Do tell. She went to Lillian Trasher's orphanage, and she ended up (laughs) staying there for seven weeks. Oh, how wonderful. Ministering all over in Egypt, going to some of the churches that some of these young men who had graduated from the orphanage that Lillian Trasher started uh, going and ministering at these different churches, too. Now, I think you should remind us how the two of them were had their divine appointment on the train. That's or were right. you coming to that? Right. Well, I, I wasn't actually, but she had met Lillian Trasher. And if you had listened to a previous mm-hmm. um, episode, um, she was on a train, Maddie was, while she still had El Hanan um, 
orphanage. She was on a train, her Bible opened, and Lillian, looking for a place to sit on the train, thought that was a safe spot. Lillian was actually beautiful and six feet tall, so she needed kind of a little bit of protection. She saw this older woman with the Bible, and she said, that's a place I'm going to sit down. So she sat across, and a conversation ensued, and Maddie, at that point, um, challenged her because Lillian was on her way to get a job at the Atlanta in Georgia, uh, a newspaper. And at that point, Maddie challenged her, maybe you're supposed to come work at my orphanage. And again, Maddie would hear from the Lord, remember, and she was determined. Yep. And sure enough, the job did not pan out for Lillian through, I would say, divine circumstances. Mm-hmm. And she went to work with Maddie. And I think that's where she learned Lillian to live by faith, to absolutely trust the Lord because she'd be part of those prayer meetings at El Hanan Orphanage and Bible School. Uh-huh. It's, it's such a, a divine moment that changed the life of Lillian. Mm-hmm. And then what Lillian went on to do, and if you haven't listened to that yes. episode, be sure to listen to that. Yes. But then this sweet reunion yes. that Miss yes. Maddie gets to go and see her all these years later. Yes, and Miss Maddie has seen the fruit. Yes. I mean, it's it's so wonderful oh. when you see the fruit of your ministry, because I think all of us at times feel like, I haven't really done anything for the Lord. And somebody comes up and says, you know, I listened to your Bible study or I read your book. Yeah. And that's the reason I'm a Christian, and this is what I'm yeah. doing now with my life. And you're like, oh, fruit. I mean, it's just, there's nothing better than that. It, it, it's just so uplifting. Well, so, and let's just also say that there are times when all of us are, we think we hear the Lord saying, tell right. this person right. this right. or that. Right. And you think, ah, I'm not a prophet. I don't right. know. That's really random. Why right. would I say that? Right. But Maddie was like, you know what? Uh, I think the Lord's talking to me. He's telling you, Lillian, you should do this instead of what you're trying to do. And and we need these examples of women of faith who just go ahead and follow the Lord's leading, Mm -hmm. having no idea why. With adventure. With adventure. Instead of, you know, I want all my um, ducks in a row. I want it, you know, all perfect before I go. Mm. And, you know, they just went. And that's what we see in the Bible, too. But... From um, So that was in 1928. So remember, she's in her 50s. It, it, this is her first time going overseas in her 50s. And she's been in a wheelchair in her 40s. She had neuralgia and blindness in her teens. And here she is going. So then she comes back. And from 1929 to 1937, Maddie traveled about 11,000 miles every year doing evangelistic um, outreaches and healing services. She even traveled to Cuba twice. (laughs) That's crazy. Isn't that amazing? And again, you know, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, North and South Carolina. And uh, of course, this would have been by car, finally, which is better than. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she rarely had any money for her travels or her events. But the Lord always provided. In 1940, now she's 71 years old. She became a teacher at God's Bible School in Cincinnati, which Cincinnati and Ohio come up a lot in this podcast. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And she taught Old Testament hmm. as well as wrote for the Revivalist. Now, I don't know what the Revivalist is. I 
suppose it's a periodical. I tried to look it up and do some research on it because I was interested, but I don't know. I couldn't find anything on it. But she continued writing and working with her Bible correspondence students, and she would grade all of um, that still, even in her seventies, and write back to them and send them the curriculum. That's why she wanted the post office way back when, because she wanted to be able to mail her curriculum and to get it back. Now, sometime in the 1950s, Maddie moved back um, to the South and she moved to Georgia, but she was visiting her sister um, in November of 1957 and she was 89 years old um, in South Carolina, Anor, South Carolina, and she passed away. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? Just finished your course. That's yep. it. That's it. <laughs> Come <Right>. to heaven. <laughs> and as I mentioned, um, she wrote quite a few books. Um, one of them, there I couldn't find any of them, but it listed some of the books she wrote. Um, and of course, her autobiography. And she titled it, Christ and Answered Prayer. Um, what I find interesting about this is, Later on, I'm going to do Rosemary Goforth, who's one of my favorite people. And she wrote a book called How I Know God Answers Prayer. Oh, and I wonderful think combo that, there. Yep. Yes, yep. there's something, there's a commonality with all these women that we're talking about. You know, one is faith that we talked about. Mm-hmm. They believed their God. They had a strong relationship with their God. But these women are women of prayer. Mm-hmm. And they use prayer as the venue to see their needs met and to... Um, have the doors opened and for healing and for their sufficiency, they they seek the Lord through prayer. I, I love the part too where it said that Maddie would remind the Lord of his promises. Yes. You said this. You yes. called me to this work. It's up to you to get this done. So I just found her fascinating. You know, I was curious about Maddie you know, because she was the woman on the train, and that's just mysteriously mm-hmm. enough. And there was a little bit in Lillian um, Trasher's book. Interestingly enough, the two books that I read on Lillian Trasher called it Faith Orphanage. And so I was looking up Faith Orphanage. There was no Faith Orphanage. But I looked up, um, it said History of Marion, uh, oh, South Carolina. So I looked up the History of South Carolina Marion, and there it said El Hanan Orphanage by Maddie Almina Perry. So that's what got me like, I can find this woman. And then I started researching because... Detective work (laughs) paid off. Yes, because I found even in the Lillian Trasher book, some of the names were a little different. And I don't know if they did that to um, protect people or if, you know, one source was relying on another source that hadn't gotten the names right. Well, even when you said that you could not find a lot about her personally, I think there are many women mm-hmm. that are so eager to put in writing anything about God. God did this. That's right. God answers this person. That's right. But if someone would say, you're so interesting, why don't you write your life? Those women would say, well, why? No, 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 no. I People don't need to know about me or how many brothers and sisters, I, you know, just I want to tell about what God has done. And that's, I've finding that interesting through the Women Worth Knowing podcast that we we have that um, desire to have those details and that connection, but their stories are always 
plenty of information on the fruit yes. or what God has done. Yes. And we might not know. Well, you had asked me before with a woman, and I'll ask you, what did Miss Maddie look like? Do Maddie we have any was idea? beautiful. There's a picture of mm. her. She's petite, and she's beautiful, but she does have a determined look. You see it in her face. Her it's just like she's got a hat on. Um, I only found, I think, two pictures. And when she's got a hat on, she's very, you know, Victorian. Um, she's dressed, um, probably it was in her early 20s, mm. you know, in that Victorian fashion. Yes. Um, as you would expect. Um, and then there's another one when she's older, and it's, I think, in the 1950s. But um, in her youth, she was beautiful, but she chose. Um, that was actually when her when her grandmother and little brother died, that was the point where she said, I'm, I'm not going to marry. I'm giving my life completely to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So there was these, and I want to say this too, degrees of dedication to the Lord. And sometimes with these women, we find there are these degrees, like I received the Lord and then something happens and it's like, I want to go a little deeper with the Lord. I want to know him better. And then now that I trust him, I want to give him more. And they're all preparatory for, you know, what the Lord has for us. And I think that's where we've seen that difference between Jesus as their Savior and Jesus yes, as their Lord. Absolutely. Because that prayer changes from, I want you to save me. I want you to do things mm-hmm. for me. I want you to give me this to that place of surrender where you say, I want to give all to you. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be in line with what you had in mind when you created me. And That means you have to be Lord. You have to be in control. What a difference it makes in our lives. You and I have talked about this, those turn points where you just surrender and say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Right. Because we tend to think we have the better adventure in mind, but the Lord has the best adventure. Absolutely. And we've seen that with with so many of these women, this adventure that would not have happened if Jesus had not been Lord of their lives. So this is Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. And we can't wait um, to bring you another woman worth knowing next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and our new co-host, Robin Gunn. For more information about Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information about Robin, visit RobinGunn.com. That's gun with two N's. Or follow her on Instagram and Facebook. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you've subscribed and don't forget to rate us on your podcast app and share it with friends. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Gunn.